welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. We're reviewing John Carpenter's sci-fi horror classic, The Thing. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smith of Reigns. And I'm Clifton. So this film celebrates 40 years since its release back in June. Uh, we discussed reviewing it over the summer to coincide with the anniversary, but decided to hold off until and do it for Halloween. So here we are. Uh, the film is set uh, in a research facility in Antarctica and sees the team struggle to survive as they are hunted by a shape-shifting alien who's picking them off one by one. The thing was based on the novella Who Goes There by John W. Campbell. It stars Kurt Russell, Keith David, and Wilford Brimley. Screenplay by Bill Lancaster and directed by the great John Carpenter. Um, this was the second time Campbell's novella would be done on the screen. Uh, it was first adapted in 1951's The Thing from Another World. This version, the 1982 one, was made for just $15 million. Um, film was neither a hit nor a bomb upon its initial release. Uh, it opened to number eight in its debut weekend, just behind Poltergeist, which was in its fourth week of release. So um, initially panned by critics in 82, the film, though, has since developed its uh, classic film status in the 40 years since its release. So let's start. Let's start with uh, Act One. Who has seen this before? Actually, I will say this. I had. You have. I had seen it before. That is well. When I was way young. (laughs) Okay. Way, way young (laughs) to have seen this. I was not way young. I would not have been allowed to see it when I was way young. So I watched it. The first time I watched it, I watched it as an adult. So, yeah, I normally would not have either, but it was like in a hotel TV room on a vacation. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Where they get the channels that we didn't get at home. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I guess I always forget about the music. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And the fact that the music immediately establishes mood for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing good happened happenings listening to that theme. Right. No, not at all. <laughs> that theme is dark. Yes. Very, very, very dark. So. Yeah. I, I I had in my notes, actually, I remember thinking about it. I listened to it a bunch and I was like, I'm surprised that, um, you know, the Jaws theme is very, very noteworthy for like scary and ominous and the Halloween theme. Right. I'm just like, I'm surprised this one is not more like well-known and not more Mm. like in the, in the zeitgeist of pop culture. It's just dread. Yeah, (laughs) it really is. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just establishes dread. I will say this just for listeners. I've been a little under the weather. (laughs) So my voice is a little off. Um, Having watched this being sick, I don't recommend it. (laughs) It definitely made the experience this time around a little more unsettling. So, right. yeah, for sure. But yeah, the music, that was the first thing I noticed was like, wow, that music really just tells you, nah, this is not going to go well for anybody. Nope. Yeah. So the, there were actually two composers for the film. Mm-hmm. One was Ennio Morricone. Sure. The, the great uh, spaghetti Western composer known for Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Fistful of Dollars. Yep. Mm. Okay. I mean, iconic, iconic yeah. composer through right. film history. He did The Untouchables, too. I love The yeah. Untouchables yeah. theme. Okay. Yeah. It's a great one. And the other composer was John Carpenter, ah. <laughs> who did music. He was a musician, 
yeah. has done music for his other films as well and, and did music for this one also. Uh, they weren't done with uh, the final edit of the film when they took it to, to Italy to present to Ennio Morricone. So they showed him an unfinished one. And apparently, according to, to Ennio Morricone, he didn't get any direction. Like they gave him the film, they showed him like the rough cut they had. And then John Carpenter had to leave like the next day and was gone and like, didn't tell him what he wanted. And so he with without the direction, like, you know, like was fascinated by what he saw, but then sat down and did like four different compositions just cause he didn't know what direction, you know, they, they wanted him to go. And they ended up using one, the one that we get in the film and then uh, one of the ones that was that he wrote for the thing that was not used in the film, the thing was more recently used in uh, Hateful Eight by Quentin Tarantino. Mm. Oh, so wow, he used okay. one of the one of the composed tracks for the thing that was never used uh, in his film. In what was that, 2018? Yeah. I can't remember when Hateful Eight came right out. Right around there, yeah. So, I mean, that was just a, an interesting tidbit about the music. And the other thing is that Again, they showed him a, an unfinished cut of the film. So then in the final cut, uh, he just hadn't composed enough to cover the whole film. And there were gaps where they where they would have wanted music. So that's when John Carpenter uh, stepped in to compose and just fill in some of the gaps where he thought music was needed. I thought like when I heard it, I was like, this this sounds like Carpenter a little bit like like it right. sa- like it resembled the escape from New York. Yeah, he's he was very synth driven. He was yeah. very synth heavy at that point in time. Oh wow. Hateful eight, twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen, oh, wow. okay. Yes. I couldn't remember exactly when it was. I only saw it like within the year, so So um this was this was the first time I saw this version. Um this has been recommended to me for about seven years, eight years. <laughs> People were like, we're always like, you got to see the thing. You got to see the thing. Because like, I, um, I like the 1951, the thing from another world is like one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie. I like, I adore that movie. What? Uh, Yeah. uh, I absolutely (laughs) love it. Uh, everything about it. Um, I've never seen it. So much so, um, at, uh, at, you know, one of our theaters over here, they actually did a double feature of it. Uh, and I went to see the 1951 one and I didn't stay for this one. I just, I left after that. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. I just, laughed. I was like, <laughs> like, that's what I was here for. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't need this other stuff. Yeah. Jeez. I went, okay. I went and got, uh, got Thai food with my brother and my wife. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, it's probably better. You did it before seeing the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You might not have that appetite for it no, after. Probably exactly. Not. So. What about you, Tommy? No, that's my first time hearing it I was, or seeing it. I'm not big on horror films, so I knew exactly what was going into it. I just didn't mm-hmm. care to see it played out. So I took a hard pass until recently. Right. Yeah. I I I knew a little bit what I was getting into because there's like there's a bit of it. There's a clip played like in an episode of Stranger Things, <laughs> which I remember. I was like, oh, that's gross. I remember thinking that like in like watching the show. I'm like, oh, that's gross. And so I so then it was kind of like I knew I knew that it was that. Um, um, that it was going to be, uh, uh, you know, kind of gross. But to me, <laughs> that's if if you're having a conversation about John Carpenter, you can count on your fingers how long there is before they mention the thing. 
it's like it's like what he's known for mm. and especially if you have a conversation about horror it's doubled down on that as well so i've seen scenes i could probably piece together the movie itself just from footage it's mm. just it didn't come down to me knowing the order it came in and it, a lot of it makes sense, especially from the stuff that I've seen ripped from it that I can clearly identify as to what exactly was pointed out to and how it was done. But right. yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So let's dive in. <laughs> Act one. That dude's a terrible shot, man. The Norwegian. <laughs> he had the guy in a helicopter. It opens, it opens with the Norwegians in a helicopter chasing a dog across the yep. Antarctic, uh, Antarctic tundra or whatever. He yeah. had a sniper rifle. <laughs> Probably emptied the whole clip into the snow. <laughs> and I and all I could think when I was seeing this, how bad of a shot is this joke? <laughs> That's I mean, I get it now, but beforehand mm-hmm. I was like, huh. Right. It was nerves. Yeah, and I mean now, like after the fact, you can start to be like, well, like, what have they been going through at that camp? Right. Yeah. yeah. Up until that point. Up until that point. Yeah, so. But no, it is an intriguing open because you're like, oh, like, like there's a dog. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm like, oh, why are people shooting at this dog? Yeah. Like, why are these people so much trying dog. to kill this dog? A cute dog. Yeah, <laughs> like a husky. It's yeah. a classic. Yeah. I was like, I was like, what a jerk. Like, it took me a minute. I was like, oh, okay. I see what's happening here. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, they do give it away in the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. Because I, w- I was like, well, what, what, what exactly does he say once they, once they land there? What do they say in Norwegian? Uh, the Norwegian before they blow up? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is basically, there's a clip on YouTube that, that basically shows, you know, he says, you idiots, that's not a dog. <laughs> it's pretending to be a dog. It's a thing from outer, like, doesn't say a thing from outer space, but it says it's a thing. Right. So, you know, get away from it. <laughs> and then that doesn't work. So he takes a shot at it for them and then clips the guy. Yeah, the Americans don't miss. Mm. <laughs> they did not miss at all. Headshot to the dome. With one bullet, no doubt. But after that, it, it's just more along the lines of just the, the dog's thankful that it didn't get killed, I guess. I mean, what we assumed the dog, <laughs> what the dog was. But in that first act, I don't know about you, but I was trying to figure out what they were doing there. I mean, I get mm. that they're a team in Antarctica, but right. at no point was it established right. what they were doing there. Right. Uh, I mean, there were just, I mean, there's just science stations all over. Like there was okay. the Norwegian station. There's the American station. All the countries have stations set up. There's it's just general research. Okay. But then it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. But I didn't think much of, um, What's his name in the beginning? Um, until he starts being the leader, de facto leader, um, Kurt Russell. Yeah, right. Yeah. McCready. I was sort of pissed off at him when he threw coffee into the computer just because right. he lost a chess game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was very upset over it. I was like, "What? No rematch? Yeah. No nothing? Yeah. You just..." But he's but he's so smug about it too, where he's he, where he's like, because he's convinced he's got the computer beat, the computer yeah. chess beaten, mm-hmm. right? You know, and then <laughs> and then their That's, next move is checkmate, and then. And then he just destroys the computer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking in my head, what a jerk. Yeah. I'm already I'm already not on his side. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an interesting character because like he's he's technically military. He's military stationed there. Okay. 
I mean, I think still, I think still military, at least formerly military. So it, it's interesting seeing him be like kind of off the reservation already. Like he's just, he's not in the normal military setting. So he's got the giant beard. He's, he's hanging out with them in the, you know, after hours. So it's funny to see like it, it, that's what you think of him at first is that slacker kind of. And then to see it as it goes, like it kind of has to start going back into like, this is, this is the military guy. Like he's got the training, he's got the leadership in him somewhere. Yeah. That, it, that we just don't see it at first. And then it kind of comes back out, but then it makes sense that like, yeah, I guess that's, that's why he was there. He was, yeah. he was the military pilot. Yeah. They kept going to him for, uh, travel with the copter at all times it was always mm. your decision oh, what you gonna do yeah <laughs> yeah but is that the same with um keith david's character then or was he different because that, i'm not sure because some of them are just scientists and mm. and on the research stations in in the place that's how they are they're not supposed to really have military anywhere in okay. antarctica mm. uh which is why he was the only one as the okay. pilot um right. so uh, the, some of the others i wasn't clear yeah, what well, their and Gary, yeah, Gary, the, the blonde were. guy who who like he was kind of like dressed like a sheriff. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, but but for Keith Davis' character, he was hot headed and he walked around and was in charge of the flamethrower. So that was like, right. maybe mm. he was mil- military in a sense, yeah. just at a different branch or just not with um Kurt Russell McCready's character or McCready McCready McCready. Yeah, McCready. Yeah, McCready. Yeah. 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 Childs, that was his name in this. Right, in Childs. Yeah. Yeah. He's so young there, some of his scenes, he has a high voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Especially right at the uh, beginning, his voice is a lot, lot like, as opposed to the deeper one we're used to. Uh-huh. No, to me, it's funny because I saw that They Live, which is also yeah. John Carpenter's film. Great movie. That I was like, he has his favorites, if not for yes. Kurt Russell. Um, yeah. Keith David was one of them as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If there had been any women in Antarctica, Jamie Lee Curtis would have been there. Probably. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> After but, Halloween in the fog. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, has anyone seen the, the sequel or the prequel to it? The, yeah, one with the, Ma- with the Mary 2011 Liz- one? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have. Okay. What'd you think of it? I think it's all right. Okay. Like, I like it all right. I mean, it, it. I've talked about, like, you know, what people call the requels, what I call the remakels. Like, when you get a movie <laughs> that basically is a remake and a sequel uh cuz you know like like force awakens is to to a degree a remake of new hope uh top gun maverick is to a much more degree a remake of just top gun right uh this is a situation where you get a pre-makequel where it's a prequel and a remake so it's basically um the 2011 one is is to kind of set up like the other camp what happened so i found ah, it interesting for that yeah, right. but it follows a lot of the same beats that we get in this one so it does serve very much as a remake in and of itself i looked it up just a little bit in doing research for it and and i i saw that like that she went to a norwegian camp and then immediately because i was i was curious like i'm like wow did they they, they like remade like such a beloved movie like i right. didn't know what it was yeah. And then I saw like she went to a Norwegian camp and I went, ah, uh, I'm like, okay. And immediately I knew, I'm like, I know what the ending of that movie is now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not to spoil it too much, but yeah. it's still, it's still a fun watch. Okay. 
And it's got people like it's uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is great. I like right. her in a lot of stuff. Eric Christian Olsen's in it and he's always fun. I do like him and stuff. Um, I can't remember who else is in it. Is um, uh, Joel, Joel, Joel Egerton? Joel, Joel Egerton. Yeah, yeah, that's who I was thinking. Those are the three that I remember the most out of it. The Carpenter Hannah had in that one too, or he was not part of the filmmaking of this, of the newer version? I don't believe he was part of that one. That's a shame. Okay. Uh, but I'm also not positive. It's been a while since I saw it. No, that's fair. That's fair. I no, but but I'm glad they did that story because I I might watch it down the way just to see how closely they mirrored the original as far as the story beats and what occurred. Mm-hmm. Because I towards the end of it, I'll bring up other stuff too that would make me more inquisitive as to what happened at the Norwegian camp right. that yeah. didn't happen at this camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but but for the most part, going back to um part one or or the first part of the uh movie um i don't know certain uh, i find i laughed at the parts with the conspiracy theorist guy yeah right he was funny he was funny i'm uh i mean i'm inclined to agree with you a little bit tommy that i think I, i this is the weird part about watching the movie for me is it like there there were things about it that i thought were odd but then also like later on i completely disagreed with myself and I was like, but you know what, though? I appreciate that they kind of did that. Like, <laughs> you know, like I like like there were there were things that it didn't do that I wish it did. Like and then, like I said, and then I like but I respect that it didn't do it at the same time. Right. Right. Like. um, um, Like the fact that there, there there's like very few jokes in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's like like there's like none almost. <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, And that surprised me, though, like that, like that. that, So that's just like one example I was talking about. Like, yeah, Tommy, I think one of those things I think I would have appreciated. I guess knowing what everybody's role was a little bit more. Um, Yeah. But that said, what I think the movie does really, really well is like everybody is so even though you don't know what they're doing there and what their job is, they're so identifiable. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. with with yeah. like with like a pretty big cast for like for like a bottle movie, twelve people is pretty big. No, it is. It definitely you is. Well, well, actually, fourteenth include the Norwegians that died in the beginning. Right. So, right. <laughs> yeah. But no, I agree with you. But I think it. I think it's part of its strengths that it laid it, it laid certain things vague because it gave you more emphasis on how the crew was feeling. Right. And and um, you wouldn't boggle down with, well, he's this. He wouldn't do that. You know that sort of thing. And I will give it credit on how how it maintained um certain people towards the end. I, I'll mm-hmm. mention that later. But um, it, it I think it this is a great example of less is more, because it seemed like the less you knew, the more you're emotionally invested with how the crew was feeling or or where the next turn would be as far as mm-hmm. the mystery goes. Which to me plays well with into it because yeah, it's a horror movie, but the mystery part of it is really what pulls you in as to how they're gonna figure this thing out before it's right. too late or to what to but to what extent they need to do to to uh discover certain points of it you know um, well there's also the bit of the fact that is it too late already like the well, idea at of like, this at this point they don't know that right i'm just saying yeah. as an audience member i'm always like it's probably too late <laughs> you've already caught it too late <laughs> right well well to me it I, I saw the doom when you went to the norwegian camp but prior yeah. to that it's more like the lawns eh 
we just saved the dog from being shot from two Norwegians. I'm like, you know, it to that point, it's like it, it must have been crazy, you know. Here's right. these guys in the helicopter using a helicopter of all things to chase the dog, you know. <laughs> right. At no point right. did they think to drive to chase the dog. It was just like get, you know, get to the chopper, you know, and just spray down a uh uh errant wolf that shouldn't be in this area of the um Antarctic anyway. What surprised me and I'll go right to the first shot for this. Okay. Uh, is it surprised me that you actually see like the saucer like ship oh yeah like coming to earth but when it when it opens up with like with like you see the stars and i thought what we were going to is is antarctica at night Mm -hmm. right like somebody like you know it's some explanation like what they're doing out there with like you know but i was like oh wow so like they're saying like right away is an alien yeah like you know what i mean and that surprised me which which is interesting too because it's like you kind of forget but at the same time, I do think I do kind of wish that shot's not in there because I feel <laughs> like that the reveal when they're in the Norwegian camp and they see like and you got like the, the, the giant uh, ice cube that's hollowed out. Right. Right. Yeah. And then you see that I feel like like it may be it, it, it might um, dull the, the reaction of that a little bit. Yeah. You think I, and I, I you know. see the thing under the ice like when they see the first the photographs and yeah. say like they, they found something big. Yeah, here that they marked out, and then you see later a little more detail what it was. That shot when they see the shot of 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 them like in the circle like that, I feel like is a homage to the first movie. Yeah, because that's a that's like a really cool scene actually in the in I don't want to oh, say no. the original because well, it's no, really no. it's not a remake of that. It's it's right. it's a the re, first adaptation. It's a readaptation yeah. of the book. Well, you right. should you should emphasize that a bit because for us that didn't see the <laughs> your your original movie or your. Right. Your version of it. Explain that as to why it's parallel to it. So, I mean, it's based on the same source material, but the author was a little disappointed with that version in 1951. So the big difference to the, to know there is that like the the monster is just kind of a brute in that movie, and there's no shape shifting aspect to it whatsoever. None. Right? Um, which that is in the book. The, like the, the the thing is a shapeshifter in the actual novel. So that's the big change. But um, what's really cool in that movie, though, I think is that is one of the things that makes it so fun to me and kind of like weirdly comforting is that there's not that sense of underlying paranoia of like, can I trust you the whole time? So you do see everybody kind of like band together. Mm. It's it, I mean, it, it it's it. They're certainly similar, but they're very different in right. ways too. Where right? I mean, it's definitely much more akin to to the creature features back then of like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, them, you know, the giant ant movie or uh, right. tarantula, <laughs> yeah, okay. stuff like that. Um, it was directed by uh, Howard Hawks, who he was a pretty avant garde yes. director for his day. He was he was pretty advanced for the time because uh, he did the original Scarface that then De Palma later did an adaptation yeah. of. Um, Although he denied directing it, but he everybody denied direct, he denied every, directing the thing from another world. Yeah. He denied directing it, but, oh, but yeah. everybody conventionally is like, no, no, no. He directed that movie. <laughs> it has some of his hallmarks. Cause yeah. I have seen it. Cause actually direct. It's actually directed by, um, uh, Christian Nyer. Yeah. Um, and 
but they think that like they put him on there so that he could get into the guild. Christian Nyby. Right. That was the other director. Yeah. But yeah, but, but everybody's like, yeah, this is this, like everything about this feels like a Howard Hawks movie. We're like, right. you know, it's, you know, the characters are kind of talking over each other, which was yeah, the overlapping you know, dialogue. Yeah. Was one back of in things. the fifties, yeah. not a thing. Um, they added a female character into that movie, which is, you know, even, you know, I mean, there, there's, there's some surprising things of like what, like what they do with her even then. Mm-hmm. Like it is kind of fo- like it is kind of shocking in in some places. Right. I just recommend it. I think it's so yeah. much fun. I love she's, it. She's a bit of a partier. Yeah. I just this. I mean, this wouldn't have hurt if they had a little more female inclusion. I think the only woman that I saw on the cast list is Adrian Barbeau, and she's the voice of the computer. She's one of the carpenters yeah. mainstay yeah. too, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 That's the surprising thing that in the eighties that there wasn't a note that came down where like you need to put a female in here and there's gotta be a love interest. Like that surprised me that there was well, no I mean it's just as as horrific as things get. I don't think yeah. they wanted Sure. You know. That'd have been really bad. And again and the other thing is I think seduced. So when is what what year is Alien? Seventy nine, right? Right. So it's a yeah. couple years before, after Alien. So I think mm-hmm. the other thing was we didn't they probably didn't want it to seem too much like a Ripley type situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a thought that I had watching it this time around. I had alien on the mind. Cause we did the episode a couple of episodes back about, uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the deadly aliens. Right. So, and whether we consciously or subconsciously waited to talk about the thing and not talk about it in that episode, mm-hmm. I had aliens on the brain and thought, Oh, okay, well maybe that's what they were not going for. Cause I, it is, oh. I mean, it is, you know, very much the idea of it's just a bunch of dudes. Yeah. In the Antarctic, yeah. you know, and how quickly they, they turn on each other basically when they think, you know, they don't band together, really. No. 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 So and that's like, that's one of the things that jumped out to me about, I mean, the setting right off the bat. And even when I was a kid, like, it just kind of stuck with me is how desolate it is. Oh, like, for sure. That, that you immediately think, like, oh, these guys are, are screwed on their own. There's yep. no help. There's no, no help coming yeah, from anywhere. No. They're on the, the, the bottom of the planet. And, and then just the paranoia sets yeah. in. Uh, and the, those are the things that stuck with me always about the movie. With, with no communication to any, with anybody, <laughs> right. too. That's the other thing. Like, well, it does a good job of setting up their peril, the idea mm-hmm. that, you know, they're, they're on a ticking. They're, everything, the, the, just the, 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 you can feel the tick of the clock. Right. For them. Right. Yeah. Like it's only a matter of time before this thing gets you. And then there's just the thing of the, the, the screen that we see with Blair about how quickly. Um, oh yeah. His simulation. Yeah. How quickly a simulation. <laughs> I mean, granted 27,000 hours is like three years, but still right. that's three yeah. years. So right. yeah. It is the one thing though. I do think looking at, at the original though, that is one thing where I feel like that they make the environment uh, uh, like more hostile to them than, than, than in this movie. I feel like just in this movie, I like, I'm like, that's a thin jacket you're wearing, Kurt Russell. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, like there were, I mean, it's there. There are moments where they're definitely like talking about like, like the high winds and stuff like that. Like, especially like around the flying. So, so I'm not saying the movie doesn't do it right. at all. And they, they talk about not being able to find your way back without a guideline. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And but I mean, does, but I do but think later. that there's, a little yeah, too much yeah, of them like yeah. going out like unprotected 
Hmm. Whereas like, I think in the original, it's like they, they do a really good job of, of like making you feel cold. Yeah. And like, and like death is outside. So like even, even still like, and it just kind of adds to like, we're trapped in here with this thing right? and we can't go out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, the Greg Rucka uh, graphic novel, Steve Lieber and Greg Rucka graphic novel, Whiteout, does a really good job about that, too. So if you want to see something else talk, that sets the peril of just being out in the snow in Antarctica, that's a really good one, too. I do love the Norwegian camp stuff, though. I just like that feels eerie and horrific and <laughs> like and also at the same time, like, like what happened? Like, what right. is going on? Like, right. <laughs> You know, but yo, that the only thing with the Norwegian part that I mean, I even took the reveal of the alien itself or the carcass, or whatever they took with them. Um, I was fine with that imagery. What disturbed me is the dude with the scalpel in his hand. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that one I could have done without because at one point does it is, is am I to think he kept cutting that far before he stopped? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just because because. You just need a wick of the wrist, of, of the wrist, and and you're done. But he mm. cut to the point that half his head is coming off. Right. <laughs> the imagery itself was like, oh gosh, that's that's disturbing. I mean, unless mm. they thought of the same thing. What do you mean? Unless they thought of like like the blood test that you're seeing later. They could have. No, no, you no. Know I think, <laughs> yeah. Well, to me, throughout the movie, there's parallels of what happened in the Norwegian cap that you don't see till the end of this movie. Yeah, a lot of parallels, and in my house, like, at what point do you change tactics? Because if you look around, if you remember what happened to Norwegian Cap, holes in it, scorch marks, left yeah. for dead. I mean, all everything the roof is uh, gone in places. Yeah, like, roof is yeah. gone in places. Suicides. You know, it's yeah. it's just it's all it's all mapped out except for one thing. One thing wasn't mapped out that that they they didn't think to do. But the Norwegians did, which which I found to be interesting. And hence why I want to see if they had those same parallels uh, in the 2011, which is which is sad to say that it's not as good as this one. That's what people keep saying. But yeah, for that too. But for, yeah, but for different reasons. Um, like the special effects is one thing they lauded for, is what I saw. Um, a lot more people appreciated what Carpenter did and what it's it's almost like a Star Wars situation, um, in which you compare like let's say the Phantom Menace to Star Wars. The technology is better in the Phantom Menace, but it doesn't come off as authentic as Star Wars used when using models. If yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it from that part, but from a story perspective, I would have loved how they to see how they connect the dots mm-hmm. on as to what Kurt Russell's character saw and what actually occurred, like surveying the destruction and the damage done to the Norwegian um place as a result of it. Yeah. What would impress me though is like, I'm not a gore person. That's why it's like why I'm not. Uh, I tend to not like gravitate towards movies that are that are that are gory and horror movies in general for that reason. Um, but I was like, I was really impressed by, by like how well it's done here. Yeah, <laughs> like it's really well done. Yep, and for eighty two. We'll get into it like in the later acts, but like, but like the first couple instances of it, like. I was amazed. I'm like, you did this with dogs. You somehow mm-hmm. did this like with dogs on the set. Right. And I'm sure right, some yeah. of those were like, were, were, were dummies and models and stuff like that. But you know, like th- there was at least one on there. Like you put, you had to put like blood capsules on. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. When it's the transformation part of it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, to me, I, I, that part would look realistic. But when he went to go comfort that one dog, that thing looked like a, a fur. I was like, ah, mm. that's, that's not even real. But other than that, before that, I ain't gonna lie. What creeped me out was the transformation when it actually turned into the thing. Yeah. Like when when the dogs went from um shut up to uh to give me the hell out of here. That that to me that made me laugh out loud. It went from they're ferocious against it to the point it was like, nope. Nope, get me out, get me out. <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. But no, the, the special effects, even as old as they were, there's certain elements of it that was just like, wow, okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, um, what the reveal to me sort of gave me the notion, <laughs> and this is my comic mind spreading its feet, is that what happened if a white Martian got here? Oh. <laughs> You know, I mean, Maybe. given the given the circumstance, I mean, I I could. Uh, do you want to guys start talking about Act Two, or we want to settle on Act One first? Yeah, no, let's move on to Act Two. Okay. Let's, yeah. When I was bewildered on how it kept spreading <laughs> when they kept burning, it, yeah. I was like, okay, it's burnt. Let's move on. Nope. Mm. But it never occurred. But then Kabukman jumped up. I'm trying to think of the character that it's a shapeshifter and will move its or- vital organs to its feet in order to protect itself. The Durlins. Thank you. Mm. What are they from? Who's that from? Oh, Legion of Superheroes. Million Boy it's, is is a Durlin. Uh, yeah. In some so, versions, in for some versions, they're either the precursor or the post of the Martians. Okay. Yes. Yes. Good. In, in so we got time. Legion of Superheroes in here too. So I know. Oh, yeah. Every every time, <laughs> man. Every time. Every time. <laughs> but as a result of it, it now I understood its survival capability. And and the doctor even says it then with the whole appendage thing. Like for us, um, we drop an appendage and moves on. But mm. for it, it's different. Right. So if it's able to move its organs, that means every other part could be just an extended arm, no matter how vast it is. As long as it gets the vital parts or the brain shifting, it's good. That's how I'm able to piece together why. Because they kept burning it. I was like, <laughs> it's burnt. Let's, right. Isn't it dead? Nope. It's still a, what? What's going on? But that's what kept messing with me. One thing I love about like the autopsy and, and that kind of stuff, if that movie was made today, Everyone would be in hazmat suits. Yeah. But not there. But yeah. not there. I yeah. mean, they're, they're smoking cigarettes around it. Yeah. They're putting their whole hand in it, pulling stuff yeah. out. Yes, yes. Like it's I'm, nothing. Yeah. He was poking it with a pencil eraser and then puts it to his mouth. You remember that? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that creeped me out, man. Yeah. I'm taking sanitation course. When he did that, I was like, what the <laughs> hell, man? You don't know what that thing has, and you're like putting it to your face. Are you kidding well, you me? Don't know, well, the thing is, you don't know what it is. No, yeah. no. And they're all in the same, and the, they're all in the examination room as if it was, in fact, what's, what's funny, there's a funny bit, and when he describes it, it's still alive. Then they step back. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't know what kind of toxins it, it has when it's dead or right. whatever it's leaving behind mm-hmm. with the killer husk. Ugh. This is interesting because, uh, so I went in deep. I went in really deep. Uh, I read the novella leading up to this. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And oh, wow. what you're talking about, Tommy. And you hadn't read it before? 
I never read it before. No, no, no. My okay. my my brother knows that I love the thing from another world, and so he got it for me once for Christmas. Um, and so so we were doing it. I'm like, you know, this is you know no better time to read it now. Um, but that thing that you're talking about, Tommy, where it's like like you don't know what it has. Like that's a big discussion. Like in the first chapter, is they're oh, wow. all like they're all arguing with each other about like what to do with the thing, because like. That's one change from the novella, and I hate to be this guy. I'm sorry, I really do. But <laughs> that's one change is that, like, in the in the book, like, like they let it out, right? Okay. Like they They're the find ones that it. dig it up and put yeah, it in. They, the, the Americans discover it and they let it out. But it's they're arguing over like who's gonna. So like the doctors and the scientists are kind of like this is like the find of the century. What are yeah, we gonna mentioned. do? Like we need yeah, to examine mentioned. it. You know, it can get damaged if we ship it over, and then the other and. The other guys are like, there's no way we're thawing this thing out like, like you're crazy. But that is one of the so there's a big conversation about about like uh, like the microbes in, in right. stuff yes. like, that. Like, 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 could that stuff jump to humans? And most likely, probably not. But <laughs> when you have those kind of stories now, when people like do core samples in the Antarctic, that's the first thing everyone references, the idea of like, well, who knows what's in that in that permafrost? That mm-hmm. Who knows what's in that level? You know, what are you guys doing? Have, have you not seen a thing? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's a point of reference, yeah. But to me, that's what freaked me out with the blood. Mm. Yeah. When it's, well, no, that's in the third act when that occurs. Yes, we'll but, get to that. Yeah. But, yeah, but I, that, that was just freaking me out when he was all in there elbow deep when the when the gloves only go to his wrists yeah digging out organs man <laughs> yeah. i was like you still got blood on you man what the hell you right. know Ugh. yeah when they Ugh. first start they first start talking about um uh the conspiracy guy says the thing about they start talking about the idea about the existence of aliens or not whether they exist or whether you know he mentions a book called chariots of the gods oh yeah, yeah. by eric von Daniken. Mm-hmm. right which came out, I guess it came out in 68. Yeah. But apparently like that was like a big thing in the seven. Like when he says the thing about, they own all of South America. Yeah. The conspiracy theorist. Yeah. The idea that, you know, that they helped build, you know, a lot of the, the, the Incan or Mayan technology all came from that. There was even a special, I believe on ABC in the seventies that talked about it as well. The idea of like, Nope, that's where this all comes from is, is alien extraterrestrials. I've read that book too. And another Kurt Russell connect. <laughs> another Kurt Russell connection is that uh, Stargate was based on that, and yeah. Yeah. also starred Kurt Russell. <laughs> that show, um, that show, uh, Ancient Aliens on Discovery. Ah, okay. Was like, I mean, that the entire basis of that show that went on for years is Chariots of the Gods, basically. Mm, okay. Yeah. But it was a fun reference. It was cool. <laughs> it was yeah, dude, no, I, I mean, it was, it, it's timely. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, like, they had, um, in their break room, they had Asteroids, the stand-up the version of the game? game. Yeah. Okay. I guess Space Invaders would have been too little on the nose <laughs> Yeah, right. for them to I'd have. I'd appreciate it. Well, they played Superstition, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that was the other thing. That was the other thing I was going to mention, too. When superstition was, was important early on. It's mm-hmm. not, it sets it up nicely. It does. You know, the paranoia and, like, the distrust. Ooh, I have a, what up? Is that revealed? Who was the first one to get it? That's alluded to. But they don't really confirm it, correct? Right. I don't yeah. think they confirm it. I think we have a good idea. Okay. And my suspicion is it was the dog guy. Okay. 
because when the dog went into the room and saw him sitting mm-hmm. there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was very creepy. But I'm so not positive. It, it might have been somebody else. It might have been somebody else. Because he wasn't he but he's fact, the one that he shot, was, right? He's the one that stops him from shooting a dog or whatever. He's like, No, stop. Right. Yeah. He had yeah. a weird he had a weird relationship with the dogs. Yes. Yeah. 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 But you're talking Zach, you're talking about towards the end he gets shot, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about in the end. Like he's the one that's shot, right? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Right. Childs makes and the mention. They, they of- do test him. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's later. So not him. Not because Childs is pissed off and says, "So you just killed the dude, basically." Right. Yeah, so basically. You're murderer now. Yeah. So yeah. you're murderer now. Yeah. No, he's he's right though. He was he's right. right. That that's one of those. Um, this is where Act Two. This is where like the movie was completely different from what I thought it was going to be after years of hearing, like, like you should you should watch it and and knowing that like. There was a, sh- a shapeshifter component to this. Like, I was really surprised that there was no instance of like the actors coming in and playing like a different version of their character, right? And 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 those yeah. and like there weren't those moments of like of like um like you know there's something weird in your eye or like you're you're you know you're acting a little funny or you, right. you know what I mean. Like I thought the paranoia was going to be a little bit more that just, you know, not based on anything, just my, my assumption of what the movie was. And I was really surprised that there wasn't a whole lot of that in there. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. 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 So is act two, do we, do we, is that what we're considering the part where, um, uh, Blair decides to destroy everything? I'm forgetting where stuff is, but I think him trashing the room, Wil- Wilford Brimley. Yeah. Trashing the room. Yeah. I yeah. think that's act two. Yeah. Okay, and it's one of those things where you don't really know why. I mean, obviously he's seen the simulation, and that right. you know, in twenty seven twenty seven thousand hours, if it gets out, yeah. Because again, they have they have the thing of going to see the ship and coming back and realizing that that it's been in the ice for possibly hundred thousand years. years. That was yeah. a rough guess. I, I, <laughs> I laughed out loud when I heard that because that's a very long time. Um, it just seemed interesting to eyeball. As, mm. And not confirm that it was that was a hundred thousand years. I, I to me, I threw that away as a very long time. Uh, but a hundred thousand <laughs> years is a bit of a stretch, you know. No, I took it as that because they're scientists. I was yeah. like, they know how deep that snow, how deep yeah. that ice is from eyeballing it. That's, yeah, that's I mean, impressive. They know the level. They know yeah. the course from how long it'll take to fr- to freeze and how thick it was. And I yeah. took the combination of like everyday people and then scientists trying to come up with a number. Yeah, mm. and that's what they came up with was yeah, about hundred thousand. Sure, that's not, you know. I don't know. I just I just took it as a yeah, a very long time. You know, it, 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 millions of years when the dinosaurs. You know that type of thing. I just figured it was just a long time, but to feel it's a hundred thousand years for such an alien of that credibility as far as technology too, a hundred thousand years. Woo. Then because in my head it's like. It, it's the whole it's the whole predator thing at this point to me when the ship is revealed, especially in the beginning. Is it savage or just extremely smart? You know, because um, to the point where you know it's it's sort of like us hunting pigs or something, and we're the pigs. In which it it, it doesn't care what we think or what we're doing. It's just out to stop us because it's getting in its way overall. And once I take care of them, I'm good. That type of deal feel to it. Or who knows? It could have been space madness, you know, being that nice for a hundred thousand years drove it crazy. But I don't know. The level of intelligence and savagery it 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 uh displays is just nuts. 
just straight out nuts. But yeah, like I was saying about Blair, I like the idea that Blair, it's kind of, especially in a rewatch, you're like, well, does why did Blair do it? Is it to keep, you know, the outside world from, you know, them? Yeah. Or is Blair, you know, not spoiler. Yeah, but, that's how I know. thought it was. I thought, but but I like how nebulous it is. Right, very much so. You know what I mean? I think I th- I think that's one of the real strengths of it. But yeah, I I read it as as that you know like let's cut it off here. Right. Yeah, know? but but right. it's not this. But to me, it was the the comedy of it. It wasn't discussed. It was mm. just him doing it madly. You know, as if yeah, to uh, yeah. uh, as if that it was no clear plan. It was just showing that. Well, I'm crazy. I mean, I, I yeah. get what you're saying, how nebulous it was, but at the same token, I didn't think he was a character that would give into that such, mm-hmm. you know, so quickly and so wildly because he didn't kill anybody in his act and he just destroyed equipment as if to um, cut off, permanently cut off communications to other people, you know? Right. It seemed, it seemed like a, uh, a really uh, smart move by the alien as opposed to anything else. And I have to emphasize this. He was elbow deep in its guts. Yeah. Very true. So, so for all that, for to my to my understanding, he was always it was always the alien from when he touched it. But again, I mean, so this is this is where I I argue with myself on things, and where I I like normally like it's uncomfortable for me that it's not uh, defined that way. Where like I didn't understand necessarily like how how the alien was taking everybody over, and like what was the process, and what did it have to do, and everything because it was like different every time, right? Yeah, but it's also but like, that's the point, though, too. I mean, like, it's to make you feel like sort of uncomfortable and not know who is who is what. Right. Because you're right, Tommy, like he is elbow deep in, into it. And maybe that is how he gets it. Yeah. You know, but but to me, I, I just took it at a point was it could have been sleeper cells in other people, too. Like, if you already know the thing can detach itself or by the second, I think, was it the second act with the blood or was it the third act? Where the blood trickles across the room after they do the blood test. Uh, we'll go with it. <laughs> Just talk, I mean, you brought it up. Okay. Go, go, go no, into but, it. But ba- my basic thing is, unless the tissue is outright destroyed, it can control it across the room. Right. So with that understanding, all it has to do is put whatever cells in you and you're done. It's just a matter of time before it grows it to monstrous size or just lays dormant in. Yeah. Because I, I, I've... Correct me if I'm wrong, but we see it at least destroyed four different times in the set of the movie, correct? When I mean four different times, let's throw in the Norwegians too, because they bring up the carcass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at two separate occasions, the dog thing dies, the one guy gets burned in the middle of the snow, and they blow up whatever hidey hole that it was under when it was getting the remaining parts of it. Mm. So I think you got to kill all of it in order to destroy. I like um, one of the things for me that I like doing is I like kind of trying to think about like what the creators are motivated by in like scene to scene. And so I said earlier how how there's not many jokes in the movie. And my theory is, is I I look at instances really quick in movies, sort of like, like kind of like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. We're like, everything is every, every bit is a gag, right? So like, so Tom has got his hand in, in, in a uh, picnic basket that Jerry's in and Jerry puts like a clamshell in, in the sandwich that Tom is going to take and eat, right? Like that's, that's one gag, like one instance in 
in the show is is a gag. And I look at that as like for every for every like special effects bit in the movie, I looked at as a gag. And what got me is I feel like I feel like in a weird way, like those are kind of the jokes. <laughs> right? Yeah. If that makes sense for like the people, like I mean, for the people out there where like that kind of stuff like tickles them. We're like, you know what I mean? We're like, you see something really, really gory, but you're kind of chuckling at it. You're like, oh man, you know what I mean? <laughs> right? Like that's my feeling in that is is like the movie is motivated a lot by sort of like how many different ways can we get sort of like this horrible visual <laughs> across to you <laughs> and what we can do with it, right? It, because it's like it's it, it, it's it's like a masterpiece in how like and how many different like images that was like every instance was anchored by some strong visual, right? We're like, be it like, like the head guy, right? Mm. When like, when his head grew and it was like touching the ceiling and everything like that was a strong visual. And then there was like the one, like his, his like fingers in the face. That was another strong visual. And then like, right. And then, and then the other strong visual, like of him, like dragging, like the head is a bubble and he's dragging him in the, in the snow and like, it, it just seemed, like I, I feel like they they were just like tickled, like thinking up like all these different versions of like yeah, and 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 these these two heads look like they they kind of like morphed and melted in the one, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And there's some there's some quotes from John Carpenter about the effects. Okay, uh, the creatures. There was a documentary. Um, it's on YouTube, I believe, called mm-hmm. John Carpenter's The Thing: Terror mm-hmm. Takes Shape. Yeah, that's all. And some of the docu- some of the quotes come from that, but one is says uh, it's it's John Carpenter quoted as saying because what I didn't want to end up with in this movie was a guy in a suit. See, I grew up as a kid watching science fiction and monster movies, and it was always a guy in a suit. And my fear was they'll laugh at us. So when I saw that stuff coming out, talking about the visual effects, I was like, "Phew!" <laughs> right. So yeah, right. I mean, they were going for things that clearly wouldn't be a guy in a suit. So right. like spider head and yeah and all the rest and like mouth stomach <laughs> yeah well the spider head yes, bit yes. the spider head bit is definitely one of the one where they like have the moment of even for like the audience the guy's like you gotta be kidding me right <laughs> you know as as it crawls across the floor and then they you know then, then he lights it up so yeah what i find funny is it's universal that made this film right yeah yeah he was trying away from being a universal monster. That's the irony mm-hmm. of that. Huh. Yeah. And like I said, I don't like gore, but every time I was like, man, I'm like, like I'm just like in awe, sort of like a, of like the, the, the practical effects aspects yeah. of it that's kind of lost. Where, you know, him. most of that stuff would be CG. Right. Yeah, today. but but I was to say, him and Cronenberg, man, they know the um Yes. Taking on a whole nother disturbing level that mm-hmm. no one really wants to depict. No. Yeah. Watch that in the fly back to back. I would say the, the scene with Norris <laughs> when with the with spider head scene, which is I don't know. The the defibrillator bit always gets me because it looks a little bit like Little Shop of Horrors to me. Yeah, it mm. did. <laughs> yes, it did. Right? Yes, it did. Yeah, it did. Um and then there's just the fact that again, it's another um Call back again to Alien, the, the fact that it's another chest, you know, scene mm-hmm. of something horrible happening <laughs> surrounding a person's chest. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I always thought it was Rick Baker. I thought Rick Baker had done the special effects uh, on the movie, but it's not. Um, and then I was oh, I wanted to look up and see who the person was and see they, what else they did. Because again, like you were saying, Zach, the practical effects in this are just, especially for the time, mm. they're so visceral. Like you feel all that stuff contorting and twisting. And yeah. again, we talked about it before in the in the alien the deadliest alien episode. Just the fact that everything is wet and gooey Moist, and gross. Yeah, and oh, yeah, yeah. Or so frozen. Awful. <laughs> yes. But like again, but I uh, again, I, I admire the movie's commitment to just like let's be as gross as possible. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, which is which is uh, I mean, you know, certainly not the first, but like you know, it's daring. It's right. still like it's still shocking. Forty years later, yeah, you know, yeah. Rob Rob Botton is apparently he's worked with um, Carpenter on the thing Verhoeven on RoboCop, hmm. Total Recall yeah. and ba- Total yeah. Recall and Basic Instinct, and with Fincher on Seven and Fight Club. Okay, I can but I can see that with RoboCop. Remember what a guy turns into Mush Man? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. So let's get into Act Three. Because we've got right. a little bit of time left. What are your thoughts there? At that point, the movie, for me, it always shifts to like, like you said, it's who can you trust? Yeah. Well, it's, well, by that time, I'm like, why are you leaving people behind? Yeah, they don't buddy yeah. up. Yeah. They don't buddy uh, up, which it, they it, should. It just seemed weird to me as far as how he was able to ascertain the alien's plot when he went to go get the dock in the, um, in the, in the cabin or whatever. Mm. Yeah, it's just. When things started adding up, or uh, when he, when uh, McCready was starting getting a solid plan after the blood test, then it's it sort of pushes into okay, this is gonna come to a head. It's either you know it's it's, it's the ultimate act of survival at this point because at this point it, up until uh, well start of scene two, I mean act two, it's like one at a time they're being picked off at an alarming rate with you know each scene coming. Um, It'll just I just wanted to know at one point could they catch the early? You know? It just right. it just at that point to me it just seemed overwhelming, especially when it chomped on someone's head the way it did. What what I like about Act Three and and what I thought was cool is that like everything that happened to the Norwegian camp we just saw happen to them. Yes. Like like yes. like it, it had the exact same effect. It mirrored everything <laughs> in, in the American camp, which I thought was kind of interesting and kind of cool. Um, but I like where, like what you brought up, Tommy, of, of, uh, Kurt Russell, like trashing the computer because he lost. Mm-hmm. It's like the second he's threatened. Oh, everything. goes. He's like, I'm going to bring the whole place down. He's like, yeah. he puts dynamite on his chest and he's like, I'll bring it all down. Right. Like, yeah. Um, and it's a good foreshadowing, I think of, of like, of ultimately what his big plan is, 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 you know, like I said earlier, like it's not getting out. Like, <laughs> yeah. we got to bring it all down around us, mm-hmm. and hopefully we catch it. Which is right? an interesting plan, to my extent. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's just, I just shook my head at the end scope of it. Because to me, there was 12 of you. All armed. <laughs> all scientists. All, some military trained. And it each, which each win it gains, you're taking an L. And then, and then to me, it all culminates to them not even be able to keep themselves warm, you know. No. Well, that's the thing is they did all it, the whole thing falls apart. Yes. Yeah, it immediately falls apart. 
They can't repel the invader. There's no way no. they don't. They can't. It's impossible. Which is, you know, whether that's Carpenter's, you know, commentary on it or not, I don't really know. But the idea that, you know, the guy that's supposed to be in charge's whole thing is we're going to tear it down in order to, you know, in order to stop it. Yeah, it, it turns yeah it turns into the nuclear options now. right mm-hmm. especially yeah. when they abandon him when uh, okay one thing that was it messed me up I thought it was that one guy with the roller skates uh Palmer yeah Palmer because when he came back alone I was like man he got it oh yep. yeah yeah me too <laughs> yeah but he didn't he did not so that sensation of of that moment I thought all of Act Two was basically going to be that. Like people stepping away and then coming back and being like, "Wait, is that you?" Yes, right. yes. You know what I mean. Um, I like how how the third act, like just the the color palette changes. I like that it's orange. I didn't know it that. looks like hell, and it, it's like yeah. you know what I mean yeah. because it's it just visual it visualizes like the nuclear option, like you were saying right mm-hmm. there. At this point, I agree with you, Zach, when saying it mirrored everything the Norwegians did, except one thing. That they did not do that the Norwegians did. Mm. They froze it. Well, I think they discovered it frozen. Yeah, they yeah. found it locked they in. They found ice. it frozen. And no, I, it got out. I get that. But what I'm saying is the body was left, the carcass, whatever, was left outside. And am I to assume the two that was in the helicopter weren't infected? They literally had it on the run. Mm-hmm. So they came close to stopping it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, far better than them. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they at least they had a helicopter to, to fly in until somebody <laughs> drops the uh, grenade or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, the thermite. That's the, oh, yeah, the thermite. That was the only thing that I picked up towards the end. Is like you didn't, y'all, y'all kept, bur- y'all kept burning it, burning it, mm-hmm. burning it, burning it, burning it. But I was like, freeze it. It can't do anything frozen, at least not for a hundred thousand years. Like every every time they thought someone had it, I thought, well, we're freezing them too. I've been like, you going in the snow, buddy? Sorry, <laughs> but they never froze anything. They're just just trying to destroy it, yeah, blow it up or or put it on fire, and it never worked. I was just like, wow, you're burning it again. Hmm, that worked so much better before. I was like, freeze it. Yeah, I, I had the same thought reading it too because there was a big aspect of that too where we're like they, they explain like how he how it got frozen in the mm-hmm. first place oh really and there was a moment where yeah i mean there's a flashback ish where they sort of like explain like what it is and basically in the book it's like they crash land they came to earth like thousands of years ago mm-hmm. and they landed in antarctica and and one gets out right and tries to get their bearings try to see like what the, what they could do and and gets lost in like in the whiteout and freezes out there. Ah. Right. And then over thousands of years, it free- it's, it's too thick that they can't get into the ship, right? They can't break the ice to get to the ship or get to the other ones that they see in the ship because the hatch is open. That's the other mm-hmm. terrifying thing is that they're like, we know there's more of them, but we can't get to them and they're frozen. So luckily we're fine. But this one, this, this one we out. found that we can get to. Um, so yeah, that was my thought. I was just sort of like, there's push it outside, lock the door. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I was upset over. They kept it, using it the just, same tactics. But then, it, then it would build its little tiny flying saucer under the under right. the cabin. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And get away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Well, as long as it can keep warm, I guess. But 
You know, I would I would have bet my money on how fast it can make that saucer, but it made it damn fast, didn't it? Because <laughs> it was only out there for like a day in the cabin, no right. doubt. Yeah, that was pretty fast. But yeah, it reminded you know, me Zach of the 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 Warner Brothers cartoon with Yob. Oh yeah, I love that one. Rocket by baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Mars <laughs> baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. That making was, the yeah. ship, making the tiny that ship. was Yob. It did a Yob move. You're right. Yep. From parts. <laughs> <laughs> but. Was it to me? But I hate to I hate to say it, but what if it just wanted to go home? You know, fools. <laughs> he made a well, made an interstellar uh, uh, spaceship. It's funny you say that because again, after seeing um, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, I thought there was a lot of callbacks from that to to the thing and the idea of like you know I was happy looking at the stars. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And the idea that when they showed the Norwegian camp photos. It's almost like when it's not quite as bad as the the the, the photos that are or the video of the the space station with Starro, but it definitely had a pang of like, well, maybe, it maybe they, you know, maybe they will, you know, as as, as McCready says, you know, it, it's it's been in the ice for a hundred thousand years or whatever, and now it's woke up and it's probably pretty angry. Nah, you know, mm-hmm. so homesick as I'm feeling, could be <laughs> or, or hungry. You're signing with the alien, the aliens, yeah, the yeah. hero, the thing hey, is the man. hero. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, the movie's that... called The Thing. Yeah. It's about right. prob- yeah. <laughs> he probably saw a whole lot of, Tim, he probably saw a whole lot of chickens, you know? Time right. to eat, man. Yeah. The other thing that got me, too, is the, the blood testing bit where they're all, like, cutting their same fingers Ugh. with the same scalpel. I'm like, oh. Yep. Again. Cleaning it? So gross. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Yeah, same scalpel. Just, yeah, all them blood brothers right then and there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But I, again, I, I I admired sort of, like, the griminess of it. I admire sort of like it, like it, it looked smelly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it felt like hepatitis was everywhere though. Man. Right. Right. Jesus. I did have a, I did have a thing. Did anyone else notice the milk duds in the, um, in the storage room? You saw food in there. There's a box. That's just like a cardboard box. And it said, all it says is milk duds. Like someone there requisitioned milk duds. Oh. <laughs> and I wondered, I had a moment of like, why of all the things you could choose. I mean, I'm, you know, milk duds aren't awful, but still. Should have eaten them and see if he liked it. Right. It could have been his right. Reese's that, Pieces. Again, that was that thought too. So like, where, give me more. <laughs> it might be the weight. They might, they might've been, uh, uh, easier to trans transport. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Right. Yeah. Can't do goobers or raisinets. They're too heavy. No, way too heavy. <laughs> so you bring the milk duds. Yeah. Refrigerate well out there, at least. So again, as we get to the end after they've done the blood test and then the, the final reveals of who's who, and then we get to the very end of everything, and the only ones left, spoiler, are, are, are um, Kurt Russell, McCready, and then uh, um, Keith David Childs. Did anyone have any Feeling one way or the other, who was the thing? Hmm. Perfect. Okay, so we'll end on that. But first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is dot com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Finally, if you want to suggest a topic, let us know in the comments, Twitter, or email. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials L M K H I I, and our email is info at let me know how it is dot com. So yeah, so okay, so what did you guys think of that ending with just the two of them? Oh, my theory is gonna. I think it'll take away the choice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What do you mean? Well, basically, I think uh, it was a Frank or Zach summed it up with, "They're all dead. They're all dead. It doesn't matter. <laughs> They're okay. all dead." Like, okay, let's say it's one of them. 
they're not stopping it. They're just going to be infected. Mm-hmm. Two, they've blown up everything, so there's no heat. Right. They're going to die in that wilderness. So let's say they killed the thing. The wind is going to kill them. Let's say they didn't. Let's say they didn't kill the thing. It's coming to get them. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> this this it doesn't even matter if it's in one of them or they killed it. They're dead. It, it yeah. it's just they didn't show it. So to me to to think that it's either one of them is moot. Oh my goodness! But if I had to bet, it's um, Childs. Mm, okay. Only okay. because of his demeanor. He's angry up until that point. Every aspect of him is angry, 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 until the end. He is calm and drinking a beer as if they're going to a club. Okay. Um, Kurt Russell's McCready doesn't lose change character at all. Right. He just came back from it. He's still on edge. He's still ready to fight. He's still thinking it's going to pop up. He hasn't lost the beat from how he how his mood was the whole entire time. The only person to change was Childs. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it doesn't matter if Childs got it or not. They're both dead. It, it was right. all for nothing because at the end of the day, if all the um, thing has to do is survive and let someone see the wreckage and it's over. And that was his point. To kill everybody, let somebody else find them it's done, and it's there for the picking. Yeah, let's bring the bodies in once the body comes back out. Yeah. Yep. Clifton, what did you think? <laughs> I mean, well, Childs is missing. He's not even in the final battle. Right. Um, mm. Because they see him wandering off by himself. Mm-hmm. And then his excuse is that he says, oh, he saw Blair, Wilfer Brimley, uh, going off somewhere, or thought he did, and goes to, to follow him. And then Wilfer Brimley is in the big battle, so that's not where Childs was. was. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, it's definitely it definitely leads you to believe that that he's infected, but then we also don't know exactly what happened to Kurt Russell at the end of the final battle either. No, like you could, there's that gap. Like you, you know, we think he kills it, we think he blows it up, but they've done that before. So it comes out where yeah, it could be either of them. Uh, it could be both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, like it, the thing gets what they wanted. What yeah. they wanted. <laughs> All of them are dead. Yeah. <laughs> Or or yeah. on the cusp of death, but what and, happens? And if- they did they did say like its end goal at that point was to just go back to sleep and wait yep. for the next group to yes. come and wake it up. Yeah, and wake it up. But what happened to that one guy with the roller skates? Do we see him? Because I, I think oh yeah, I, he's he's the one that eats the other guy. Thank you. Yeah, he did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So this is how stupid I am because when we were talking about this, like it didn't occur to me that that we're we're ending on like well who who's who is it of those two right. Yeah, my I thought that they got it. Ah, no. And to do and to get it though, they basically had to kill themselves to get it. Ah, okay. Right. And right. Uh, I mean, that's a possibility. But that's True. if they kill each other. But if but even then, they would have to burn each other because we right. know. But I, rep- but I figured that was it. I I figured I figured it was an allegory of Russia. Yeah. You know I mean? That I thought that like okay, we went nuclear. Right. We mm-hmm. won. But right. now we're what dead. Did we win? Yeah, what because did we, win? we blew up everything. We blew up our shelter, and now we're going to freeze to death. And you're and you're talking, eighties Russia. Yeah, yeah, eighty two. Right, yeah. right? Cold, <laughs> so, Cold, Cold War Russia, not necessarily Cold War, now literally. Russia. Just to be clear. And in, in that reading of it, though, they also have no reason to trust each other. So like, no, they right. would still be afraid of each other right. till the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yes. both of them don't know what the other one was doing. Right. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> until they met back up. But to me, I think the alien had a good chance or the thing had a good chance of surviving just because you have to destroy all remnants of it mm. in order for it to be completely obliterated. Yeah. Because, you know, you, it, even if it's fr- even whatever's left, if it's frozen, it ain't dead. Yeah. But again, also, like, I, I, like, I like how nebulous it is. I like how they don't tell us. It's extremely. I nebulous. think that's kind of cool. It's unsettling. <laughs> you know, but um, I admire it. I really do. No, I think it's a perfect ending. You just it doesn't have to be revealed at this point. You know, it's just like, no, it's futile. You know, just the. The situation was futile to begin with, in my opinion. Right. And and mm. by showing it, even when it's down to two people, how still futile it is, it, yep. it sums it up in a great in a in a great way. I give him credit on that. Beautiful ending. He couldn't have he could have ended it any other way that would have been satisfying for anybody, you know. I don't see uh, Kurt Russell's character or uh, uh Keith Davis' character walking into the subset where the chopper comes across. You know, it's just right. it's weird. But I think also the danger of that is is the ending of, you know, one of them survives and then there's like a, a tentacle or something that moves under their skin <laughs> and like, Oh, right. well, you know, humanity is doomed at this point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, but that just opens the door for a sequel this way. It, it, if, if someone does a sequel, it's just their interpretation of it. Like mm. if someone wanted to pursue it, they can go in any direction with that sequel. Almost to the uh, point that it couldn't make a sequel. I'm right. shocked that I'm shocked that there hasn't been talk. I really am. I'm shocked that nobody's picked it up. Right, especially now, where like everything's getting like remade and getting a sequel thirty years after the fact. I can't believe that nobody's talking like like yeah, we're thinking about like you know reoptioning the thing, and Jake Gyllenhaal's going to be in it, and right, you know, or something. No, but I'm I'm fine with them redoing it because that's what led to the version that we got here. You know, Mm. it's not like it, it was a remake of of a movie that you both originally loved. That he felt it it by reading the original material, he could do it more justice. And like what you were saying, there's elements in that short story that still haven't been pushed into the story, so to speak. It's just their interpretation of it again. So yeah. I would love to see a filmmaker tackle it in such a way that they could give more life to the series as to how would you destroy or challenge a shape-shifting alien that's trying to kill you and your people. It'd be a cool show. It'd be a great... Yeah, oh, I'd, Yo, that would It'd make a, good a TV great show. series. Mm-hmm. Like Chernobyl or something. So really quick, so Frank and Clifton, who you guys rewatched this, does, does, did it hold up from when you guys had seen it back back in the day? Oh yeah, it yeah. held up. Yeah. Okay. I'd actually forgotten how much gore there was, though. I'd forgotten all the creature <laughs> effects. Some of them had kind of blended together, like some of the scenes where mm. I thought like it all happened a little closer together, not as spread out throughout the whole movie. Um, but it was interesting to see the effects because they are they're. Like you can see the seams it. You can see like, oh, they're only shooting it this way because like this this thing this this practical effect wouldn't have worked any other way. Right. Uh but it's still effective because of how gross it is. Like it's yeah. still so unsettling, even though you you can think of how like, yeah, how it probably worked, why they probably did it that way. But it's still it still works. Yeah. Uh I mean, for me it's still it held up definitely. Um I will say this, uh, watching it this time, I don't know for sure what it was. Usually I would say Childs is the one that's the thing. Mm. Um, just because he does disappear for so long and it's, you know, there's no real definitive answers to what he was doing. He's just sort of gone. Right. They hang a lantern on that to make it uh, suspicious. Right. Mm. But 
I, if, this time around, I did have the question of we never find out who who is trying to to frame McCready because mm-hmm. there's a bit where Fuchs goes out and finds the 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 you know basically the um the torn up the torn up fatigues fatigues yeah. and and then there's also the thing of the the from the beginning of you know someone's underwear is torn up but we don't know who's um and I and I think the idea of trying to frame McCready at that point when he's already tried to blow up the camp. Is or, or basically is taken over, you know, is kind of a, a weird move by, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this alien. You know, why is this alien trying to play chess when right. <laughs> he could just assimilate? So, so I was more leaning on the, like this time around, I went, it's probably McCready this time. So, <laughs> but yeah, I still love it. It still holds up for me. Okay. And Tommy, final thoughts? This is your first time watching it? Oh, I, I can't stand horror. It hasn't changed anything. <laughs> Right. Effect is the murder it's the mystery of it that that kept me intrigued but uh the creature effects was gross the people mm-hmm. dying were gross the killing dogs were gross what else what i miss the the dancing blood was gross the uh <laughs> tentacle head was gross the stomach chomping was gross <laughs> i also have the thought of anybody making a carnage or venom movie should look at this movie first <laughs> right yeah uh, so, uh, so much uh, better ways to do what they do now but 40 years ago so yeah yeah i'm with you tommy it's gross it's gross yeah it's gross but, i'm good i can't do the horror like man. i said I, I weirdly kind of like i appreciated it um i keep going back and forth on it like like i, I like it's 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 depressing and it's you know unsettling but i kind of like that it is <laughs> in a weird way like you know it's 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 you got to be in the mood for it i feel like for me at least like it's like i think from another world is one of my favorite movies like i said and that's fun in a way that this is not but this is fun in a different way like if you want to be unsettled and but like but the, right that's the point of horror right is like you go because you want to feel that scary thing yeah. in your stomach and Tommy, just you and I, for whatever reason, like we're not wired like that. No, no. <laughs> you know, no. but I will say this about the movie. I, I think this is what holds weight more so than it's a horror film or even the act of an alien shapeshifter. It's the fact that we lost. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. we came across an unknown thing and through tenacity and willpower, we still lost. It, it's, it's almost a realistic take on the superior power. You know, it's 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 not aliens. It's not predator in which both of those creatures to me were drastically stronger, more powerful. But we find a way to overcome it either through mud or, you know, yeah. or or whatever or, or an, air, an errant air, airlock, you know, wins the day. But right. this one, they did. They were done as soon as that dog ran for protection and licked whoever's face. <laughs> it was it was a wrap. Yeah. Um, it, 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 they were all dead man walking, didn't even realize it. And it, it, it didn't, it didn't shy away from that. Even in the desperate era of, you know, the desperate third act still they're dead. Um, yeah. and it, 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 it wasn't, it didn't shy away from it. You know, it didn't want to make, it didn't think it made you feel good. It wasn't looking to, to, uh, to say, yay, we went in the end. No bullshit. No BS like that. It was, they're dead. So yeah, I, I give it credit on standing fast on its um, like it's it's logic to believe that if we if we were if you came up against a superior force that 
it, it, that it's hard to kill, like literally hard to kill, you're not going to kill it, at least yeah. not in your first setting. I think it's beautifully made. And like you said, I mean, like you, you put it perfectly, like it's it's whatever it sets out to do, it does it magnificently. Yeah, like it, it, re- it achieves all of its goals. So, yeah, no, really, really cool. Glad I finally saw it. Finally. So quick announcement to all of our listeners. We are going to go on break. So this is going to be our last episode for a bit. We'll be on hiatus into the new year, but we will be selecting some of our favorite past episodes to repost during our time away. So be sure to check all of those out. As always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on letmeknowhowitis.com. So please remember to like us and follow us on social media, and we will see you after the new year.